Thank you, John. I just need to take you back a little bit. 27 years ago, um, as part of Hatfield's pastoral team, I went to Pastor Ed and said, Pastor Ed, do you ever see me ministering in Hatfield and uh, having the pulpit or sharing the pulpit? And he said to me, no, um, John will take over from me. That's 27 years ago. Now, it's interesting that you know that. Then I said, Pastor Ed, I have only one choice. That's to resign. God has called me into apostolic office. Now, they said to me, what's an apostle? I said, I've got no idea. Won't you tell me? You see, we don't know. It's not about titles. God calls us and we move. I then went to Bible college for the first time. And next year, Living Word is 25 years old. And I'm 65. I started the church. Started the church in the year that I turned 40. Now, all I want you to know is that God purposes and God plans. God calls. And Pastor Ed knew at that time that the Lord had called his son to come and to minister. We don't always understand why. I had to leave to establish a work. And John, in a sense, had to come and establish a work on the same basis. And, Mandra, if you could just come here, and John, if you could just come here. Um, I just want to bring a word that I want to share over them that the Lord showed me. Praise the Lord. I don't operate in the office of prophet, but the Lord spoke to me and showed me certain things. I hear the Lord saying, my son, you were obedient like my son Jesus was obedient. And when he went to be baptized in the Jordan River, he arose and returned back to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And because you were obedient, like he was obedient, unto him was opened up the heavens. And I have opened up the heavens above you. And you will return and you will move in the power of my Spirit. And if you continue to be obedient, even like Elijah gave a mantle to Elisha, you will produce twice as much as that which your father has produced. For the vision, the dream that I gave your father did not die. And some there were people that came along and said, and they even spoke to me and said, Neville, your spiritual father had died at the age of 57. Neville, you will die at the age of 57. I said, I rebuke that word. I do not receive it as from God. And I said, I rebuke that word over the rabid sons. They shall fulfill their calling and their destiny. I had a vision of you, Mandra. I saw the day that you were born. I saw when Atfield started in the theater, my wife didn't want to sit next to me for three years. <laughs> I cried all the time. I saw you being born, and I saw your mother holding you in her arms and saying, my little angel, a gift to this family. I hear the words of the Lord coming and saying, my little angel, a gift to choose life. And my daughter, I will begin 
to speak to you in the night season. I will begin to give you dreams and visions. And I will begin to impart to you something of a revelation to be to your son, to be to my son, your husband, a support. And you will sustain him. And you will come with words and say, the Lord warned me of this and of that. For there will be men, even like your, your son's husband or your son's father, that tried to stop the work of the Spirit that tried to hinder the flow of his obedience. And you will warn him and say, be careful of so-and-so and be careful of so-and-so. They're trying to influence you. And my daughter, because your words will be in obedience to my spirit, your husband will heed to those words. And I will take you for I've called you as a team. I've called you as a team. And even before you were born, you were in my heart. And I had a call and a destiny upon you. And I will take you together with your husband, together with Choose Life from glory to glory. And you will see me establish. And if you continue to obey, not only will you impact this nation, but you will impact nations throughout the world. For this is my plan and my purpose for you both. Thank you. Well, it's a great privilege to be here today, and uh, my heart is also very full, and I just wanted to do two things today. Firstly, bring you an update in terms of the property, and then make two presentations. shouldn't take long. This property was purchased for the price of $40 million. Just the other day, Domini Durki came here, and he said to John, he says, I think I sold it to you too cheaply. God enabled us to pay a deposit of 50%, 20 million rand deposit, and we were granted a bond of 20 million with APSA. To date, 4.6 million has been paid off. The bond stands at 15,400,000. That means... And that means as a church we have paid off almost 23% in one year. And that is a miracle. In this economy. And I want to express our thanks to you, the church members, for your dedication in giving. I know that some of you have given sacrificially and we say thank you. At the same time, it's our decision and desire to endeavor to pay off the debt as soon as possible. And uh, one of the things that uh, Brother Willie wrote in his email was an encouragement to us to work at that. And uh, so we would like to encourage you to continue with your support where possible because we'd like to see the building paid off. And uh, what we have done as a church is the church, as part of its running expenses, is paying the installment every month. And therefore, anything you contribute will go directly to reducing the capital. And I've asked them just to put up the bank account of the bond so that those who would be interested, you're welcome to do so. And uh, we're trusting that we'll be soon able to settle that bond 
And uh, if you would like to make a formal commitment, you're welcome to do so. We do have cards in the foyer. You're welcome to do so and hand it in. But once again, thank you very much. In addition to that, we've been able to acquire additional properties. And not only has God given us this beautiful facility, but we have been able to acquire some of the adjoining properties. And that for us is just very exciting. Most of you will be aware of the adjoining house. We called it Reuben House. We bought that a few years ago and we we ran our offices out of that house uh, for the last year until we moved into this facility. But the executive of the church felt that strategically we needed to look at securing some of the neighboring properties as they became available. And this decision was tabled at the annual general meeting of the church last year. And the outcome of that is that we have been able to secure two additional properties that adjoin the church in Norval Street. Norval Street is the street to the south. And this will allow for the expansion of the church as the needs grow and as we go forward. So isn't it amazing that God does not only provide, but he even provides for your future, which is yet unknown. And we have so much to praise God. I'd like to make two presentations today. If I could ask Felicity to bring the first one up. This plaque reads, Reverence My Sanctuary, and it's based on Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 30. This plaque hung in the original church that my father pastored. It was removed from the church just prior to us selling the church in uh, 1976. And it has been in safekeeping for many years, waiting for this moment. It has kindly been restored by Lucy Doran. And this whole thing of reverencing my sanctuary is really an, an aspect for me of how important the presence of God is. And that we take note of His presence, we long for His presence, and we want more of His presence. And as John mentioned, that God does not live in buildings made of stone, but He lives in within each one of us. I believe it can be a reminder to us that God's presence is something we treasure and hold in high regard. And so if I can ask John just to come forward, and I'd like to present this to Choose Life Church as a reminder of our pursuit of God and His presence in our lives. Don't let it touch your clothes. Second presentation. I'd like to present, this was the original church Bible from the church my late father pastored. Is there anybody left who was there? If you were in South Street, would you stand for me, please? That meant they were in association. That meant they were in association with this church prior to 1974. 
Pastor Neville spoke about God's timing, 40 years old, 25 years, 65 years, and all of that. This Bible was originally presented to the church in 1940. That means today it is 70 years old. And isn't it amazing how God works? 70 represents, the 7 represents the completion and the perfection of God. This Bible came into the possession of one of the founding members of the original church. And this founding member presented it to me some years ago. And it has been in safekeeping since then. And it so happened that this lady who gave this Bible to me died recently. And she was the last surviving foundation member of the original church. Talk about a legacy. And it speaks to me of our love for God's Word and our commitment to keep it close to our hearts. And we want to carry the Word of God with us, and we want to pass it from one generation to the next. And so I'd like to call John up again just to present the Bible to him. And there it is. Wow. To tell you the truth, I didn't know that this Bible existed. Goodness me. I wonder if it is actually King James High English. It's not, it's not the message translation, I can assure you that. Wow, thank you, Andrew. I had no idea uh, of what he was going to do today. Andrew said he needs to have the mic for a few moments. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have such a, a wonderful brother who's a partner in the, in the support in the ministry here. Praise the Lord. you please take up your Bibles and look at Joshua chapter 4, please. Please take a look at Joshua chapter 4. There's a passage that I'd like to read after I've shared a few things, then I'm going to call up a few people to join with me on the stage as we formally pray a prayer of dedication. After that, we're going to worship the Lord with two or three songs, and then we're going to close the service. We're going to have tours after the service to show you your church building, and we're also going to have ice creams for everybody. So this is a special occasion. Now, if you look at Joshua chapter 4, let's read verse 1 to 8 and then verse 19 to 24. Now, this is what took place directly after they had crossed the river Jordan. The Israelites, God was taking them into their promised land. And I believe that there's a real significance happening today in that there's a possessing of the land. But it's interesting to note what they did just afterwards as instructed by God. Joshua 4 verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourself twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge tonight. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you, 
Take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number uh, of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and they laid them down there. Now go on to verse 19, would you? It says, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped at Gilgal, on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children... Ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. And the Lord also did so at the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. Verse 24, That all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. I find this a, an interesting and a significant passage of Scripture. What happened here? Well, basically, there was an instruction from God. It's interesting, God said that they should do this. This actually wasn't even Joshua's idea. This was God's idea. And he instructed his servant Joshua. And he said, listen, take twelve big sturdy stones from where the feet of the, of the priests were that were holding the ark. He said, take twelve of these stones and then carry them out to the place where you're going to rest. And eventually at Gilgal, Joshua took these stones and he packed them up. Twelve stones. He did this as a memorial. God actually instructed him. And he said there needs to be a memorial that takes place. There needs to be, so to speak, a spiritual altar that is built for the honor of my name. What did he say the focus would be? That the, that the people of the world would know the hand of the Lord. That his hand is mighty and that they would know that forever and ever. You see, folks, this world needs to know that our God is a mighty God. This world needs to know that He is the great King of heaven. The world needs to know that He is the Master. And what we need to do, we need to tell others of what God is doing in our lives, of what God is doing in our church. We need to tell of the great things that He has done. I want to say to you that for a church to have been able to pay off, what's it, 26 million or 25 million? 24. 
For a church to have been able to pay off 24 million rand in four years, you know what? That's a memorial to God. My boys, I haven't really explained this to them because I don't think it's at the point where it's so significant for them, you know. What's important for them is a McDonald's Happy Meal, things like that, you know. What's important for them is their J-board and things like that. But one day I'm going to sit down with my boys and I'm going to say, listen guys, you need to understand, this is what happened. This is how God provided. You need to know, you need to understand. God is mighty. And you know what? I remember how a number of years back, I sat with tears streaming down my face, feeling so weak feeling so depressed, feeling so discouraged. And God had brought me to the end of myself. I had always thought, well, I'm expecting God to use me because of my dad and the family and the heritage. And yeah, I'm expecting God to use me. Do you know what? There I sat one day, tears streaming down my face. I'd come to the end of myself. And then I said to the Lord, Lord, now I don't expect you to use me. I said, but if you could, I would be so grateful to you. Here I am, Lord. And God began a process of restoration. Praise God. But you know what? I know that I'm a weak man. I know that I'm a weak person. But that's okay. God uses weak people. And that's why I know that when I stand here today and, and talk of what the Lord has done, I know it is the hand of the Lord. Because I know that I'm a weak person, but I know that God works through vessels. All He wants is availability. All He wants is obedience. And I say to you today, Sir, ma'am, in your life, all He wants is your availability and your obedience. And God will cause you to go before kings. God will open up the way before you and there will be things happening in your life that you never thought were possible if we will just walk in obedience to the Lord. And so here they were building a memorial and they were honoring and they were saying, look at what the Lord has done. And years later they could say, look at what the Lord has done. Maybe our memorial today is the stone that was put up on the wall with the scripture which God had given us. It's something that will remain for a very long time. And so I'm so grateful for what the Lord has done. But I believe that the story also teaches us that in general we need to give honor where honor is due. And I want to say first and foremost that we honor the Lord Jesus Christ. We honor you, precious Lord Jesus Christ. You are so great, Lord. And we say that you are greatly to be praised. We praise you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Won't you just thank the Lord for his faithfulness for a moment? We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Also, I feel that it's appropriate that on a day like today that we express our appreciation to Enchia Moraleta and to Dumini Durki. 
He would have loved to have been here today. Uh, Durki together with Esther is overseas, uh, I think in Brazil or something. I'm not exactly sure. But they weren't able to be here today. And I really believe that God somehow worked a special relationship there and brought this whole thing about. And do you know that we were renting from Moraleta for two years and ten months. What church allows another church to come into their premises and to have church. <laughs> and I discovered that the Dutch Reformed Church in Moraleta Park is quite an extraordinary church. And you know what stands out to me? Is kingdom-mindedness. They are so kingdom-minded. And I want to tell you, we had a beautiful working relationship in the time that we had to work together the way they accommodated us, the kindness that they've shown. You know what? I have the greatest respect for that congregation. And I tell you that they are people of integrity. And today I really believe that it's a, a moment to honor and thank the Enchia Moraleta congregation and also to honor and thank Dumri Durki in particular. Praise God that we can have such good relationships with him. I also just want to say a word of, of such appreciation to the accountability base for those three pastors together with their wives that have stood with us. And maybe it was risky for them to actually stand with us. Maybe it was. But you know what? Before the church even began, all three of them said that they would love to support us as we launch out and start the church. And so we launched out in a way in which we were accountable. And we so appreciate the accountability base. Just that they're there. Just that they're there as father figures in my life and in Mundry's life and, and in the lives of us as a congregation. What a privilege that we have to have them. I also want to say to you today that I honor my dad and my mom. I really do. And I'd like to ask that we, Mom, would you just stand? Can we give her a hand of appreciation and a hand of honoring? I know my mom said that she didn't specifically want to say anything today, but I just felt to call you up now, Mom. I just give me a second, Mama. <laughs> you know, I I remember after soon after my dad had passed away, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, please let Mom at least stick around until we begin to see the promises fulfilled. And so I'm so grateful that my mom is alive to see and experience this. And I believe that she's really, she's more on fire for God than ever before. 
And at the very first service, I asked my mom to stand and I said, Mom, we honor you. And I said, in this house, you will always be held in a place of honor. And we repeat those words today. You want to say something, Mom? You're not going to let this occasion go by without saying something. Well, Come on. I want to say thank you to John. Put the mic louder, please. Also for just honoring me. And um, I give the Lord the glory. But last night, I just felt to go and just be quiet before the Lord and let this all soak in what was happening today. And I found this verse, All my springs and sources of life and joy are in you. And then I wrote this, Thank you, my precious Jesus, my wonderful Heavenly Father, and precious Holy Spirit, for your amazing bounty you have showered upon us at Choose Life Church. Lord, we stand in awe and give you glory and adoration for so generously opening your hand of blessing and favor upon us. Thank you, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts. You have truly done for us more than we could have asked or thought or dreamed of. Many thanks. His reply was, My daughter, I am more excited than you are. I love to bless my children and generously lavish them with my goodness. What I have begun I will perfect and keep. Raise your expectations and see what I will do. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Amen. I also feel to express a word of honor to the church board as well as to the former task team, the worship team, the support teams that really helped us start the church. And I want to tell you, we've got some wonderful, wonderful people. Mandri and I have been blessed with some wonderful people that have stood by us since just before the church began and through this whole process have been like pillars. And so to specifically the church board and the former task team and also the worship team, some of the guys have been with us from the word go and some of the support teams. Can we just give them a hand of appreciation, please? I'd also like to express appreciation to all of our foundation members, the 500 Foundation. If you are one of the foundation members, would you please stand right now? Anyone that's part of the 500 Foundation. Now, the rest of the people, would you please give them a hand? Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. You may be seated. Now, let me say, this is a facility and it has a purpose to be used for God. Uh, God has given this wonderful place. Many of us only see the auditorium and the foyer, but there's a lot more to this place. And that's why after the service, we're inviting you to have a tour of your place, your church. But I also want to say that this is going to begin to look and feel a little bit different. We are going to begin to do some changes, some upgrades, some improvements and so on, with a view to making this absolutely a first-class church facility. We also envisage that 
in the near future, uh, signage will go up outside. The moment, the, at the moment, the signage that is there, that's temporary signage. But we're going to put up signs at nearby intersections, also outside, and that will actually say, Choose Life Center, all right, at the nearby intersections. Then when you get closer to the church, there will be a big sign on the property that says, Choose Life Center. And below that will be the home of Choose Life Church. Why do we want to do that? Because I believe that if we want to allow the community to make use of this facility, that it needs to be named in a way that can work effectively for outside things and events to take place. Because we want the church to be a place where people in the community have often come. And so therefore, if they want to end up coming to church, it doesn't seem like some weird Christian place that nothing ever happens at, but there's only a service on a Sunday. You know what, already since we took over five weeks ago, there have been several occasions where outside groups and organizations and uh, COPA and Manafani Wurt and all these guys are utilizing this facility. God wants this facility to be used and utilized. And so we foresee that a lot of that will begin to happen and take place. So if you know people that want to make use of this event, uh, of this place for different events, we'd gladly have them as long as there's nothing questionable. All right? Um, it doesn't have to be a Christian function, but as long as it's not a questionable type of person. For instance, we've got a, an event with Lori Karach that has booked the venue for a whole big concert that's taking place. Now, you know what? No problem, because people are going to come into the facility and they're going to see things here and they're going to see little flyers in the information desk and so on telling them about Choose Life and what God is doing and inviting them to church. And I believe that this can be a place where the community would often gather for various things, but we will make sure that we don't allow any kind of activities that are questionable or suspect, if I can put it that way. Uh, starting now in the middle of March, we're going to be doing an upgrading of our foyer facility, which is going to take about three to four weeks, and we're looking forward to that. It's going to have a whole new look and feel. That's just the first step in terms of upgrading. Then we're going to begin to look at the auditorium. Now, there is a particular company that we're approaching. Uh, this is a gentleman that has designed stages for the Miss South Africa pageant, the Miss World pageant, some of the, the TV sets, etc., and we want to say, take a look at this facility and how can we create a visual here and a feel that is cutting edge, that is contemporary, that is church, not for 60 years ago, but is contemporary. And so you say, well, why do we want to do that? Because you know what? God wants His places where His people gather to be of excellence. Because excellence honors God and it inspires people. So we're going to look at our staging, we're going to look at our lighting, we're going to look at our PA system. And ultimately, this is going to become a, excuse me, a far more cutting-edge auditorium. After the auditorium, we'll move into other different parts of the building, begin to upgrade and develop. We foresee that in the not-too-distant future, we will need to go to two Sunday morning services. And uh, we're not exactly sure when that's going to happen, but moving over to two Sunday morning services. Ultimately, I believe that this auditorium will be expanded and that the back wall will be expanded out a whole lot further and take this place from a 1,400-seater to something significantly larger. And so these are some of the things that we've, we've got in mind. But praise God that we have a place 
We've got a place to call home, a place that can be developed. Wonderful. And so it's very exciting that we can begin to develop and do things and more and more there's going to begin, begin to come a real choose life feel. And so we're looking forward to that and all that's going to take place. Uh, so now I'd like to ask that we have the prayer of dedication and dedicate this place to God. I'd like to ask that a few people join me on stage. The church board, together with the spouses, <clears throat> would you please come on stage right now? Uh, also, the overseeing shepherds and spouses, would you come on? I'd like to ask our special guests to come on. Pastor Neville, <clears throat> Lydia Crew, together with your, your mom, uh, Mrs. Crew, would you please come on stage as well? I'd like to also ask the shepherding team to come on stage as well. I'm going to switch over to this microphone. The shepherding team, would you come up on stage please? Because now, this is the most important event taking place. Would you please come stand right close, right close. And we are going to dedicate this place to God and then go into two or three songs of worship and uh, we will end the service after that. So, uh, wonderful. Folks, would you please come stand right in the front here. And I want you behind the instruments. Let's come stand right in front. It's a wonderful group of people, this. And we are privileged to be blessed with such quality leaders. Can we just give them a hand of appreciation? Let's join hands, please, and in the congregation as well, as we dedicate this facility to the Lord. Heavenly Father, what a great day this is. And Lord, what we're about to do, we don't do half-heartedly, but we do with hearts that are sold out to you, and hearts that are determined to honor you and please you in every way. Now, Father... On this day, the 28th of February 2010, we declare, firstly, our thanks to you for providing this wonderful church building, this church facility, together with all the ground and everything, in such a prominent position up on the hill. We want to say to you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for providing us with this wonderful facility. And now we want to declare in the name of Jesus that we give it back to you. We declare that we dedicate this building to you. We dedicate this building to you. Won't you say that with me? We dedicate this building to you. One more time. We dedicate this building to you. And right now, Lord, with the eyes of faith, we begin to see how many, many people will come to find salvation in Jesus Christ here. We see multitudes of people gathering week in, week out. We see the church growing and developing. We see things growing from glory to glory and from strength to strength. We see people's lives and marriages being healed and restored in this place. We see physical healings and signs and wonders and the miraculous taking place here and through what you do here in our lives as we go out, Lord. And we just declare that this is your house. This is your place of worship, Lord. Help us to, in this place, make your name and your praise glorious. And Lord, like when they dedicated Solomon's temple, 
they said that the glory of the Lord came and filled the house. And we ask you now, in agreement, in this very moment, that the glory of the Lord would enter into this place as never before. Would you just welcome the Holy Spirit? Would you just welcome the glory of God? Just begin to pray in the Spirit. Can we just lift our hands and honor the King of Kings? Can we lift our hands and honor the architect who has brought this all about? The architect, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, we see this place as given over. We see this place as dedicated to the Lord our God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you please go to the keyboard, Mom? Thank you. You're welcome to go down. Would you please stand as we now honor God in worship? <laughs> 